Well, happy Mother's Day to all our moms out here, and good morning, Center Point Church, Ken Island. Good morning to you guys. Um, we want to, again, greet you guys and just say hello and how honored we are to have you. If you're a visitor or a first-time guest here, inside of your program should be something called a connection card. We ask that you guys would fill that out and give us as much information about yourself as you would love, and we'd love to connect with you and meet with you. Also, on the back side of that connection card is also a place where you can give us prayer requests or feedback or any kind of things like that. So please feel free to drop all of that in the offering bucket as it goes by or on your way out after service. Um, we have, um, today is Mother's Day, and since I'm not a mom, I figured why speak to moms about being moms, because I would only be kind of good at that. So <laughs> maybe not even that great. So here we go. We're going to have today a guest speaker, um, Minister Joy Briscoe. She um, is a phenomenal woman of God. She's done an awesome job of, of sharing God's word. Um, she's a wife. She's a mom. Um, they have a million and one kids. Or a million? <laughs> million and one. Million, million, we have four kids, and they um, have just been terrific parents. I've known the Briscoes for over 20 years. Um, and I'm just so blessed to have them with us. And so as she's gone and taught and shared with women on how to be amazing women, amazing wives, and amazing mothers, I thought there'd be nobody better than to share with us today uh, the word of God and to bring that with you, uh, Minister Joy Briscoe. So please well, give her a round of applause. Amen. Wow. Okay. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we've given me a round of applause, but please, let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Yeah. Because truly, he is worthy to be praised, right? Yes, today yes. is, even though it's raining, it's beautiful. And you guys look beautiful. You make today look awesome. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out here. Thank you for everything that you do. My mom is here, and it is such an honor to have my mom on Mother's Day with me. And my, um, my father's here. They're from Philadelphia. We call it Phil A., but they're from Philadelphia, and so um, they're with us, and my mother-in-law's here. My Three of my four children, one of them is a drummer. He's a musician, and so he's in Baltimore playing. And so um, phenomenal musician, just in case anybody's looking for a musician. Um, yeah, and so and I want to give honor to my husband, who is with me today. Pastor Brian, thank you so much. For this opportunity. I am one of the things I'm passionate about is moms. I just love, love, love moms. And so thank you so much for having me today. Is this your beautiful wife? Oh, you're so beautiful. So nice to see you, to connect with you, to meet you. And um, we are going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. It's going to help for me to have my glasses on. And we're going to start at verse, let's start at verse 7. I know I said 8, but let's start at verse 7 if y'all have it on the screen. Are we there? 7. And it reads, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. That's one circumstance. Now we're going to another. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. And dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. Isn't that amazing? In the midst of the drought, she could bring him some water. 
And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Today, I want to talk about something that's really, really dear to my heart. And it's the title simply, I Still Got It. I Still Got It. Because here in the text, she didn't think she had what she needed to take care of her family and her guests. Moms, I know you understand about going to the grocery store buying food for not just your family, but the neighborhood kids, because they're coming over. They're going to eat the food too, and your kids are going to offer them the food, even though you didn't tell them to offer the food. They're still going to say, we got some cookies here. We got this here. And they're going to give it away. But here, she did not have that. And she's in the midst of a drought. One of the things that, um, now I, I see you moms and y'all look beautiful and y'all look like y'all got it going on, but there are times in our lives when we feel like, do we still have it? Do we still have that, you know, we give birth to kids and the bodies change and everything, and not you guys, but, but let's talk about me. And so we're wondering, do I still have that eye-catching appeal to my spouse. Do I still got it? Do I still have it? I still, thank you. Somebody try and get rewarded on Mother's Day. Look at this. See that? And so we're wondering, do we still have it? And then health problems happen. Do we still have the ability to do what it is that we need to do in our families? Do we still have, do we still got it? And she found herself here in this text as saying, I don't have it, when the prophet Elijah asked her to get something. The thing that captivates me, Center Point Church, and I do want to say thank you to you, to your administration team who worked with me all the way to getting to today. And then today when I came in, just welcoming and making sure I had everything I needed. Amen. And thank you, Center Point Church, for receiving me today. But what caught me off guard here in the text is in verse 12 when she says she's going to go eat and her son and her are going to die. That caught me off guard because I don't think moms, I've never heard a mom say we're going to die. 
Because moms, we, 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 we turn a little bit of nothing into something, don't we? We never, we, we tell our kids, our, our children will say, we don't have anything to eat. And there's something in the refrigerator until we can get to the grocery store, right? I don't know what grocery store you guys have around here. We do Wegmans and Giant and all. And I would tell the kids, go make peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I know it's just two slices left. Make it, cut it in four, split it with your brothers and your sisters. Take the apple, slice that up. Take the banana. You're going to have a fruit tray. You're going to have a sandwich pieces until I get to the grocery store. She didn't have the opportunity to say, eat this until I get to the crops and pick them and produce another meal for you. This was her last. And so I said, what would make a mom say that? And then it took me to a situation in my life when I was diagnosed with MS. And my family, the roles changed. And the children were taking care of me instead of me taking care of the children. And I lost hope. That's what makes a mother say, we're going to die. When you lose hope, when I said, God, if it's going to be like this for the rest of my life, doctors telling me not going to walk, not going to be able to go to the bathroom by yourself, not going to be able to do this, I said, just take me. No need in them taking care of me. Just take me. So it's when we lose hope. But here in the text, you will see that at the end, she's able to say what? I still got it. Can you say with me, I still got it? Now, that was good for the first time. Let's say it again. I still got it. it. Amen. That sounded good. So here in the text, mothers, if we are going to survive this journey called motherhood, if we're going to survive it effectively, there are some things in the text that God has done with the prophet Elijah and with the widow who thought she was at her very last end. Here in the text, if you notice verse 8 through 10, there are certain people's moms we have to be connected to. Say, my connections. Say, my connections. I need you when you leave here to really understand that your connections are crucial to you because your connections have the ability, according to this text, to fuel you or to drain you. And moms, there's one thing that I know about you is that you give a lot of time, you give a lot of energy to your families, and the last thing you need is to have a bad connection that drains you. So here in the text, we can see that there are certain people we need to be connected to. Say certain people. people. According to verse 8 and 9, it said that that God sent Elijah to the widow. He sent her. So your connection needs to be a God-orchestrated connection. It needs to be a connection that God sent to you. It needs to be one that God is sending someone, and this connection is a connection that is not draining you. Matter of fact, according to the text, both of them are thriving off of this relationship. Because as much as Elijah needed the widow, the widow also needed Elijah. So there's no one in the text who is just taking 
There's no one who's just doing all the giving. Sometimes as moms, we walk around and in our house, we are living up to our responsibilities, doing all the giving, doing all the caring. But then outside the home, we've got to be careful on who we are extending ourselves to. So it has to be a relationship that God sent to you. Amen? Also, you will notice in your connection, say my connection. My connection. It has to be a person connected to God. They have to be connected to God. I know it's easy for us to say, yes, be with somebody godly, be with somebody this. If they're not sent by God, which we just talked about, and they have to be connected to God, right? Because this is what you understand, is when people are connected to God and they are connected to you, you don't have to keep trying to explain every decision to them. That's exhausting. When people are connected to God and you're connected to God, they understand that even though I do something different, it doesn't mean I'm not hearing from God. And so they have to be connected to God. Moms, I can't say this enough. You will exhaust yourselves trying to explain your every move, your every decision, because even though they don't get it and understand it, they'll just say, I just know you trust God. You don't want to exhaust yourself because there's enough exhaustion going on in your household for you to do the responsibilities that God has asked you to fulfill. So they have to be certain people, God orchestrated, sent to you, then they have to be people who are what? Connected to God, right? So we're talking about what? My connections. Amen? The other thing that you're going to, thank you, he's so, so wonderful, isn't he? Just takes the paper. As soon as he sees me struggling, he just say, I got you. Oh, I got this. Yeah, he said, I got this. Right? He's just living up to the title today. I don't know if it's Mother's Day or Father's Day. Let's see. But the next thing we're going to do, moms, is you're able to tell if somebody is effectively connected to God. You're able to tell that because their communication, how they communicate. Communication is key according to this text because verse 12 and 13 in communication, there's two things that's happening, listening and responding. Listening and responding. Say listening. Listening. Responding. Responding. Listening. Listening. Responding. This is the quality and the qualification of a communication. If this is not present, this connection has to be evaluated seriously. And I'm not telling you just from experience of being a mom for 27 years almost. I'm telling you from the word of God. Because if you look at how they are communicating here, it's crucial. Because in the communication in verse 12, she's talking to the prophet Elijah, right? She says, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour. She's communicating 
her heart to him. She's communicating what she doesn't have. But what does the prophet Elijah do? Did you hear in the text that he said, no, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. Wait, wait, I got the answer. Because remember back in verse 8, God told him that the widow was going to take care of him. So he really could stop her in the midst of that and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, it's going to be all right. I'm not, but he listened. He listened. What does listening do? Men, I know I'm here for Mother's Day, and as a lady, I can never challenge you. So I'm going to make a strong request of you because there's something that happens when my husband listens. There's an emotional connection. What you have to see here was, was Elijah listened to her before he got from her what he needed from her, even though God said she's going to give it. He took the time to emotionally connect with her because this is the thing. If you're going to respond to somebody, the emotional connection has to be there. If not, we just kind of think like, oh, y'all just shutting us up. You don't do this. You, you know, you just want us to hurry up and move on and get to the next day. But Elijah took the time to listen. It's so much easier to connect and calm the fears of the widow, of me, of a woman, when you connect with her emotionally. So what he did was, in verse 13, he responded. How did he respond? He responded not from his head, not from what he knew. He didn't respond from how he felt, because he felt hungry. And it was just like, girl, go make me that cake, because I'm hungry. He didn't respond according to how he felt. That's why, moms, we understand you don't go to the grocery store and you don't take the kids to the grocery store when everybody's hungry. Because in the grocery store, everything looks good. And before you know it, you was on the budget to spend the, the, the $100, but everything looked good, so now you're at $300. And then the kids is throwing stuff in the basket, so you know that went up. So he didn't respond to how he felt. How did he respond? He responded according to verse 8 and verse 9 in the beginning, where it said God told him the widow was going to take care of him. He responded from what God said to him. And so what I encourage you is to check out the reputation of the people who are speaking to you. Check. I still got it. He still got it, evidently. And so check out the reputation of the people who are speaking to you. Check it out. Because Elijah here was qualified to respond back to her. Elijah right here had the reputation. Because remember, they're in the midst of a drought. And who spoke the words? that the rain was not going to come, Elijah. The very person who was sitting with her said, there is not going to be any more rain until I say it. And what happened? There was no rain. So when somebody comes to you, gives you advice, are they qualified to say what it is they are saying? 
Have they taken the time to listen to you, to connect with you, to understand from you what really is going on before they respond to you? Because there's a lot of people with good advice. There's a lot of people who are very, very wise. But are they talking from God or are they talking from themselves? So we have to pay attention to the qualification, right? He was connected to God, right? He had the qualification of being connected to God. He had the reputation of being connected to God because he was the very, very what? Mouthpiece of God. So he had that qualification. He had the reputation, right? Because when he spoke, it happened. Don't pay attention to people who kept saying, it's going to be all right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And nothing happens. It just doesn't happen. They don't have the qualification. So this is the next thing that I see in the text. I see that there's a comeback. When you think you don't have it, she didn't think she had it because remember, she started off with what? Three sticks, handful of flour. But there was a comeback here. In verse 12 through 16, it talks all about her comeback. Matter of fact, she started off with three sticks, but she ended up being able to feed her household until it rained again and the crops grew. She kept the, 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 the flower and the everything just kept being there. She had a comeback. Say comeback. To have a comeback, you literally, really, seriously want to have to come back. You have to want a desire to live again. Because if you noticed in the text, she said, I'm going to make this to do what? To die. I'm going to make this so that me and my son could die. However, after speaking with the prophet Elijah, she changed her mind about death. And she did what? She said, I'll be back to bring him some food. Where before she said, I'm going to go die. I'm not returning. We're going to go die. So mentally, the mind has to want to say, I want to continue to live. I want to live again to have a comeback, to have a comeback. There are times in our lives when we're just like, it's just not going to work. I just got to walk away from this. It's just not going to happen. But then you have to have that conversation not just with somebody else, but with God. Because if you noticed in the text in verse 8 and verse 9, what did it say? God told Elijah, he said, I commanded the widow to take care of you. I already spoke to her. So this is what I understand. I understand that, that she, see, I got used to you when I flipped it. I was looking for you. <laughs> so Elijah really was confirmation to her 
of a conversation that she had already had from God. I know we tend to look at the prophets like what's going to happen in the future. They're going to speak to us and they're going to tell us all about the future. But really, the prophet really is to come confirm what God has already said to you. Because here, according to verse 9, when he says, I spoke to the widow, I commanded the widow, I could only imagine the conversation between the widow and God. God, here I am a widow. I've already lost my spouse. Now I'm in a famine. Don't have, not supposed to have water, but I do have water, so I do trust you some. But God, I don't have the crops. They're not going to grow because the water's not here. So, so, so you're just going to take me. It's just going to end like this. And God said to her, help is on the way. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Verse 9, because he said he commanded the widow to take care of Elijah. Help is on the way. So I don't know what you're going through, but I just want to serve as an encouragement today, as a mouthpiece to say, help is on the way. Help is on the way. It may not show up how you think it's going to show up. It may not start raining. It may, well, it's raining outside, so hopefully somebody's crops are growing. But it's going to show up. And when it shows up, you have to be in tune with God that you sent this my way to help me. So I'm going to, in return, be a help to them. Because what you have to understand is the solution was found where? In God's command. It was found in God's command. Verse 8 said, I commanded a widow to take care of you. Right? So he shows up based on the command of God. In verse 8 and 9, it talks about how God sent him there, right? So they're operating on the what? Command of God. And so the solution is found in following God's command. Say follow, follow. God's, command. God's command. Say it one more time. Follow, follow. God's command. Because it's in his command, it's in what he speaks to you, that the grace right there is given to you. Because when you notice in the text, it says her bin never, remember she started with a handful, this much, a handful. But then it said, she didn't just feed Elijah, she fed her household. Her household. So here... In the text, you have to follow God's command, right? You have to follow his command. There's something that I understand. She already knew the reputation. We talked about that with Elijah, right? She knew that if he said, go back, take care of it, it was going to be done. And this is one thing that you and I can understand is this. There is a command out there that we need to follow. And when we follow that command, we actually do see a great comeback. Matter of fact, when God, he had a great comeback, so we can see that. We can see that God realized there was a bad connection after he created Adam and Eve. And he said, wait a minute, it's not supposed to be this way. And I can't flood the earth again. So what I'm going to do is, in order to have a comeback in their lives, I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ. Yes. And he's going to die for them. Yes. 
And then after that, he's going to be buried for them. And he's going to rise again for them. But wait a minute, he did not stay dead. He had an awesome comeback. He had an awesome comeback. And because of his comeback, what can we do? We can come back, right? With God, we still got it. So when I say with God, I want you to say, I still got it. With God, with God, it might be different, but with God, I might walk different, but with God, I might think different, but with God, I might process a little more slower than I used to, but with God, I might be running out of things, but with God, I still got it. With God, we still have it. Amen? Amen. Moms, I have asked your pastor if it's okay for me to pray with you. And so what I would like to do is to have all the moms just come forward so we can pray. This journey called motherhood, it is an awesome call that God has called us to. And it is a lot of work that we have to do. It is a lot of responsibility that we have on our shoulders. So I would just like to pray for the moms. This song that they're going to pray, um, play as we're praying, it is by Michael W. Smith, and you probably know it. And he says, this is how I fight my battles. When I see and I am surrounded by the problems and I am surrounded by so many things, I fight my battles understanding that I'm surrounded by God. And he's bigger than the problems that I am faced with. He's greater than the problem that I am faced with. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then afterwards, let's listen to the song, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, your moms are so precious to you, God. They actually, actually nurture us, and we take the time to nurture our families, Father. We nurture them the way that you have nurtured us, God. And so, Lord, oftentimes our children really get to know you when they get to know us, Father. So, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray for your moms, God. I just thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their lives. And, Father, if they are in the midst of a circumstance that, God, they're trying to figure out how in the world are we going to make it, God, let them remember this passage of Scripture that lets them know that they still got it, God, even if it looks like it's running out, Father. Lord, if they're not in the midst of the circumstance like that, God, let them leave here rejoicing, Father, and knowing that you still got them, Father. You love them, Father. You have good thoughts towards them, Father. You think lovely towards them, Father. And there's nothing, God, that they can, that they will do that will ever separate them 
from the love of you, Father. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you. Heal your moms, God, if anybody needs to be healed. Heal them mentally, God. Heal them spiritually, God. Heal them physically, God, if they need to be healed, oh God. We thank you for your healing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can y'all just listen? Amen. Let's give God some praise. This is how I fight my battle. This is amazing. This is how I fight my battles. What we're doing tonight. This is how I fight my battles. It's when you think you're lost. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. remember that. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight them, knowing that God is surrounding us. And you beautiful moms, just remember that God loves you. 
Jesus loves you. He would have never died for you if he didn't love you so much. So always remember, if you don't feel the love that you think you need from your families, from your children, just remember Jesus loves you. Just remember that. And if it's okay, just remember I love you too. I love you. I am passionate about moms. I love you. Amen. This is how we fight our battles, knowing he's there. With God, what? You still got it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We want to thank uh, Minister Joy Briscoe for sharing with us. We want to thank you moms for coming and hanging out with us today. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for um, just pushing through, uh, letting God fight your battles for you. We're so honored. Um, we want to remind you as we're getting ready to enter into communion and our, our band is coming up that um, there was a great comeback that Jesus did. Uh, he came back and brought us brand new life. He's come back and given us an opportunity to serve and to love him. And no matter where we are, in this process of life, there are times where we don't feel connected to the Lord. We have an opportunity to come back to him. And so in this moment, we're preparing our hearts and our minds for communion. You may feel that this is, you know, I'm not in a good spot right now in life. I'm not in a good place with God right now. I would definitely tell you in these next few moments as we're worshiping, as we're singing his songs, that you can ask the Lord for forgiveness, that you can ask him for the first steps to making the right and proper connection with him, and to come join him in communion, to share with him, to eat with him, to celebrate uh, who he is and what he's done. And we'll be more than glad to share with you at their service as well if you want to meet with some of our leadership on how to walk back in a path of connection. Um, that God still has great plans for you. He has a great desire for you, a great purpose for you. And he believes in you that you still have got some great things to do in life. So as you prepare your hearts and your minds for communion, um, as the music is playing, please feel free to stand up and partake with us in communion. Amen. <laughs> 